the big silence, empowering personal experiences, inspiring compassion, and healing lives. We are no longer silent. We are here. The Big Silence. Hello and welcome to The Big Silence Podcast. I am your host, Karina Dawn. I'm a mental health advocate, wellness entrepreneur, and co-founder of the leading women's fitness community, Tone It Up. I'm also a New York Times bestselling author and founder of the nonprofit, The Big Silence Foundation. I'm also a wife, daughter, friend, and yes, palm mom of five. And just like you, I'm a work in progress. I have experienced profound grief and trauma and then found deep joy in life. And now I'm here to share my story, be a safe space for you to share yours. And we're having in-depth conversations with psychologists, doctors, spiritual leaders, friends, and others who have been impacted directly or indirectly by a mental health condition. No more embarrassment, no more shame, no holding back, only healing. Let's go. Mental health is my wealth. The stress upon the shelf. Nobody can love me the way I love myself. Seeking ye shall find the truth and the light. I'm living my purpose, so I sleep good at night. No more depression or spiritual recession. And every day that I wake up, it's a blessing. So breathe in, breathe out. Everybody in the house know what I'm talking about. The big silence. The big silence. Welcome to the big silence. Magic Mike, not a stripper. Thanks for having me. I want to start off with a magic trick. Let's break the ice straight away. Okay. Okay. Yes. I just have a new deck of cards here. I know you have those, but I want to do something again with it, with something different. Oh, Let's okay. Save that. I've got a double surprise on you here. Oh, shit. Okay. I have, my, I have my own deck, which you can use, these invisible cards here. I'm going to throw them down the camera and I want you to catch it. Okay. okay. Three, two, one. Good catch. Safe hands. Could you take them out of the box? And leave the box in front of you and pull one card out, but don't show the camera. Like pull a random one out in your head. Hold it in front of it so we can, you know, hold it like this. My imaginary card. Yeah, but I want to be able to see it. Hold it like this. Hold it like this. Yeah, perfect. And can you really see one? Like it's not the queen of hearts, not too easy. Mm -mm. Turn it upside down, show it in the middle. Facing the wrong way. So now it's the only one facing the wrong way. Yeah. Mix them up real quick. Real quick. Mix them up. Sound effects are optional. Very good. Put it in the box there. And then just throw the whole, throw the box like back to Sydney. Oh, she's okay. Great throw. <laughs> Very good throw. Thank you. We are locked in here now. I can't actually, what was that? We can't change your mind. What was that card that you turned over in your head? What was it? I'm writing it down just so. No, we're locked in. You can just tell us yeah. now. We're okay. locked in. Ace of spades. Such a random one. Look at this. All of these, I guess, like facing, I'll show you. They're all like facing one way, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's one somewhere in here. Where is it? It's like it's like weird because somehow there is no, there is no ace. But if you, if you, like, I don't really think that's like the most common card. If you were just to randomly see another card upside down in your head, what would that be? I'm so bad. I don't even know cards. I'm going to, I'm going to say nine of hearts. That's incredible because that's the one. Look, they're all like this. There's one right here. 
You see it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stop it. An absolute wizard. You're an absolute wizard. But um, I, I want to do one later. We'll do one later where you have the deck of cards. It's a bit more fun like that. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for having me. This is this is fun. This is gonna be good. Yeah. So Magic Mike is here from Bondi Beach, basically in Australia. You know how I came across you was Bobby, who you just met virtually, sent me the video you had from Australia's Got Talent. Yeah. And literally cried. And I sent it to all of my friends and business partners. And it was just so beautiful as I work in the mental health space. And your story and not only your your magic tricks, but just it was so impactful. And I haven't really reached out to anyone in Australia yet and talking about the mental health crisis in Australia or globally. So I just wanted to get to know you and hang out with you and learn about you and your your mission. Well, so. thank you so much, firstly. Yeah, the, the story that you mentioned on Australia's Got Talent was, I did it a few months ago. It aired a few months ago. Mm-hmm. And... It was obviously a personal story when you when you watch it. The idea of it was to had a few little stages where I I wanted them to the judges and the audience and everyone watching to be caught off guard a little bit. So I had I was wearing a flamingo pink shirt and mm-hmm. I tell some jokes in this little story and then all of a sudden it turns into a quite a serious piece about a, a boy who's twenty eight who has can't seem to f- have fun when he's around his friends even and family and and then just a little story about how he struggled and finally sought help and realized that he wasn't alone and that, that many people actually get help and and what helped him and then he decided that he wanted to pay it forward and share his story and I reveal that this is what he's doing at this exact moment he's sharing this story on Australia's Got Talent I yeah it was about me so I'd been wanting to do that for like a little while. I, I'd I'd gone through this thing and I'm still going through it, but I thought this is something that the world, well, Australia, and then luckily people around the world like yourself get to see. And I think it might help some people. So I'm glad you shared it around. Like that means a lot. Thank you. Yeah. When you say you're going through this thing, can you talk more about your own mental health? Yeah. So I was. Funny, like one of, one of my friends who watched this particular video, he watched it with his wife and I saw him a month later and his wife said, oh, wow, I never knew Magic Mike or Webby is the, my friends know me as. Mm. I went through this and he even goes, what are you talking about? That wasn't about him. Even though he just watched this thing, he just didn't know that about me at all. He, I went to school with him, like pretty good friends with primary school and high school and everything. So even after watching that, he had to watch it like a third time to be like, maybe, okay, it is about him. So the reason I say that obviously is because I, uh, people probably wouldn't think that of me because I'm very fortunate in so many ways where I've got a huge family and I was a, a, like the school captain. I don't know if you guys have that in America. It's, mm-hmm. like a, it's like a thing where you represent the school in academics and sport and, and just get chosen by people to do some stuff. So I was pretty, I guess, popular at school and very lucky in like grades and everything. And, but then just stuff happened where I felt I would, as I said in this story, I look around and I'm at these events and I just can't seem to have 
fun and my friends are all laughing and having a great time and I would just go, I'd host these things and then I would sneak into my room and just by myself and just cry for an hour and come back out and no one would just know where I went. And it sort of dawned on me that I didn't want to tell anyone because no one that I had knew spoke about it or sought, got help or anything like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have six older brothers and I never chatted to them about like none of them seem to have had these things and all my mates at school. Very, I went to an all boys school. And it wasn't until I someone at work actually said to me, like she just could go to read off me that I was wasn't myself. And she said, You should, I have a, I see a psychologist. I'm like, oh, I can't do. Why do you need to see one? She's like, oh, I just see one like every mm-hmm. other week. Why not? Yeah. You should see mine. And she booked me in. I probably wouldn't have booked myself in. And I started chatting to this, this lovely lady here in Sydney. And then I told one of my mates and he just goes, oh, yeah, I see one every week. And I was like, what? Wait. And then I, it just became this thing where it turns out like almost half the people I knew either have or still do or something. And that just blew me away that yeah. I didn't know a single person. I didn't realize I knew a single person. It was the thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that's an important conversation to have, especially with men and masculinity and mental health and seeing a therapist. And I'm all about normalizing therapy, whether it's personal or if you're in a relationship or anything. And especially like, so you are, you have the total seven brothers. How is that? Yeah, I'm I'm the seventh. (laughs) I'm the seventh. So you're the, the youngest? That's right. Yeah. My mom just kept trying to get a girl and just gave up. <laughs> yeah. At that point, you're no girls coming. <laughs> no, no. But she, her oldest granddaughter or grandchild is a daughter. One of my brothers' first kid was a girl. So she's like, thank gosh, there's yeah. females in the family again. So you went, you actually were in the, the US for a while and working in finance, right? Yeah. I've had two little stints in America. One was like a college. I did an exchange and mm-hmm. I lived in North Carolina for a year or yeah. about six months. And that was so much fun. And then a longest stint in Philadelphia for in 2016 for a year as a trader, which is like a finance role. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And then how did you get into magic? Because you've been doing that yeah. for what, how many years? My Well, <laughs> my first paid event was probably about 12 years ago. So ever since then, I've been doing paid things, but the magic had started long before that as well. So like again, my older brothers, one of them, Tim, shout out to Tim Webb, showed me a trick when I would have been seven or eight. And I can still remember it vividly. And it just it blew me away. I remember making all these decisions. I want that one, that one. And, then, and all of a sudden, it was the car that I had thought of five minutes before. Like, how is that possible? Like, I always liked math. Maybe that helps my intrigue with it all. Yeah. It's like, this is impossible. And then between that and I saw a, a magician at, at one of my mates' 16th or something, mm-hmm. and I just followed. I was the person who followed that magician around and wanted him to show the same trick over and over again. Loved it. Um, so I always knew a couple of tricks. Like, it had always been a passion. I played a lot of card games with my family. Like, we'd go on big family trips and play poker and, and 500 and these few games. So I guess cards were always around, but it wasn't really one big moment when I was in 
I was about 19, living in just near London in the UK for a year, like a gap year. We do that in Australia. We spend like a year between high school and university to just travel somewhere. I was doing that in England and I was showing this one student at this school a pretty average trick and he was there and he was waiting for his dad to pick him up from school and the dad comes in, watches me and goes, wait until I finished. He was polite and just said, I would do it like this and pulled his own deck of cards out of his jacket pocket and then showed me an alternate ending. But I was just thinking, what sort of a loser carries a deck of cards everywhere he goes, which is what I do right now. <laughs> and he said, we have a group that meet up not far from here. You should come along. And yeah, that was it. So I met this group of, there was dozens of them that all been doing it for decades, like professionals for 30, 40 years. And they just taught me, I guess I was from Australia and I obviously had a passion in it. That if someone comes up to me and wants to learn a trick because they have a real passion for it, I'd happily show them a trick. So that's like, I guess that was what they were doing with me and came back to Australia. So like I was doing magic to everyone who would listen. I never thought of doing it as a job, but I would go out in the town. I would be doing magic tricks to groups of people at the bar as you you do. And then it was, I kept getting rejected a little bit. People would be like, why do you have a deck of cards with you at a nightclub at 11 p.m.? I was like, that's reasonable. So what I would uh, I would start to do is I'd pretend to be hired at the venue. That was oh. my kind of idea. Yeah, and I would just go, I work here at, you know, Honky Tonks. Oh, here, I'm the magician. And then all of a sudden people were like, okay, why not? And then there's one bar. I go, I work here at Hotel Realm. And this guy, they wait for 20 minutes. We're doing 20 minutes of magic at this table. And the guy stands up and goes, mate, that was awesome. I like the one where you switched the cards, but I know you don't work here. I own this bar. So. <laughs> And that was the first time. And then he just goes, how about you How about you do come here on a Friday and just, just do it as a job? And then that was it. That was the first paid event I had. And I just kind of fell in love with it even more then. So let's go back to, you mentioned a coworker who recommended a therapist to you. Yeah. And she recognized something in you that was possibly off. Would you say like you have maybe suffered or not suffer. I don't want to say that. Sorry. Um, like depression or would it be like, what is it and emotionally that you were able to recognize and she was able to recognize where now you speak out about it? Yeah, there's a few stages to that. Like I definitely do or have suffered from depression mm-hmm. and I didn't think that at the start, even when I'm seeing the psychologist, like for some reason, it's funny to think about it now because I don't think this way at all, but at that point, I have like I couldn't even say the word. Like it was a weird stigma to that word, mm-hmm. and I couldn't even I couldn't say this, the words. I have depression. Like that just mm-hmm. did not. Like that's impossible yeah. or something. So it wasn't until I ended up going to a jeep, like a doctor as well, and we did this other test and he gave me a score and he like walked me through this thing. He's like, all right, so you clearly have severe I was like wait what I have depression and like even after seeing yeah this was like a year into seeing a psychologist like but now it's totally fine and like happy to talk about it obviously so I don't I'm trying to think of exactly what what read she got and why she sent me there I think I was like just I wasn't myself at work like I wasn't as happy or chirpy or I, I guess I left early and I arrived late and wasn't participating in the big 
discussions in the office, whether it was about work or about anything else. And then she could just, I'm so glad. Like I, I tell her every now and then how thankful I was that yeah. she did do that. Cause again, I would not have read, I don't think I would have, which sort of sucks. And I hope that other people don't, aren't like that. And like, they just think it's totally fine to reach out. Yeah, that's and shout out to your coworker who noticed that. And it's so important, even with the big silence and part of our nonprofit, we have corporate wellness, which we spend so much of our time in the workplace and being able to like recognize somebody that you work with, a coworker or anyone on your team that maybe needs help and normalizing that conversation because you literally can, one conversation can save a life. And so... That's really great. And then that you're able to speak about it now and then be going on Australia's Got Talent and doing the tricks. And I I feel like, do you feel like you got into it too because it brought you some kind of joy and peace and happiness and to make people laugh and it makes you feel good? Or like, how do you even get into that? Or is it just something that's innate and you were born with and I don't know, just something magical about yourself? I'm very fortunate that uh, as a job or as a, even like for other types of artists, I get so much direct feedback or versus a musician or a, or a comedian or someone else who might perform for a living like that. Mm-hmm. As a magician, especially when you're doing close-up stuff, you get, to, you get to put the card in their hands and then you watch their face light up and you yeah. get to just hear them say these things. I guess if you're playing on a band at a concert, you hear a few people, you hear the crowd go wild, but I don't know, you don't get it as personalized as you would. So I think that is one of the things that drives me and makes me realize like it's, I'm doing a good thing. Cause people actually just say to me and they just, they, they just straight out go, this has made my day or this has made my, so I needed that. You have no idea how much I needed this. Yeah. So I guess knowing, like having a experienced, emotions that are you know from depression and and things I can tell that some people need I guess everyone can deal use it but some people might need it more than others and if I'm doing that to someone who happens to be suffering like they're not going to tell me about or anything but it just makes me feel a bit more yeah a bit more like it's all worth it a bit more special I've always had the passion for it even before this like I was I enjoy reading people in like social situations and trying to figure out like why does that person think like this? And in magic, you go, when you walk up to a group, you see a group of people, one person's got their arms crossed, like they don't want you to be there. And mm-hmm. you might need to win them over in order to get the approval of the whole group. And it's like, therefore, what kind of trick does this person like? Are they more likely to like a, a really quick flashy card trick or do they want something with their phone or so I love the game of like trying to sit around in a social thing and trying to figure out whatever what makes everyone tick and like how to how to make them smile, I guess. Well, I think that's so good because the world needs more of making people smile and laugh and having fun. And I think that's so important with what you're doing and you know, even how I came across you. It's like you laugh, you smile, you cry. And it's all these emotions, but they're all positive emotions. So I think what you're doing is awesome. Do you ever come to the U.S. anymore, to America? I've, I've got a funny story to tell you about that. I've never, I haven't told this story to many people. I, I So about six months ago, this was before my Australia's Got Talent thing had aired. I, I performed it, but it was still waiting to be aired. 
because I lived in Philadelphia, I'd made some pretty good connections with people over there. And someone who has a a nice job in New York, shout out to Ted. He goes, mate, we're having our company's, well, my team's like five-year birthday. And it was only going to be like 30, 40 people. He said, can you come to New York City? We'll fly you in. Just do a couple of hours of magic one night and, you know, we'll fly you home, look after you the whole time. So uh, it was going to be a huge journey to get there. And they were, they were going, paying for absolutely everything. It was pretty, pretty fancy. So, of course, I'm going to go do this. And, and I fly over to uh, San Fran is where I landed. And long story short, I didn't have the right visa because mm. when I lived in America, I had a working holiday. I had a working visa that lasted 10 years, which was well within that time period. But when you get a new passport or your visas refresh, anyway, I had a different visa when I got there and the guy's like, this visa, you can't work while you're here in this country. So I ended up getting stuck in the detention thing in America for 17 hours and then they decided to send me home and flew me home. So I didn't get to go. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah, so I was like, well, anyway, the guy, the, the same guys, he has invited me back for the next one. So I'm in the uh, in the midst of, of getting that all sorted. But yes, hopefully be there soon. All right. Well, come to Austin, Texas, for sure. I hear a lot of good, I hear a lot of good things about Austin. Everyone seems to be moving there. It seems like the place to be. I want in. So can anyone be a magician? Good question. People ask me that. Yeah, because you kind of alluded to something earlier about yeah. you're born with this. Yeah. It's a gift. I think it's a gift. Like, would you consider that your superpower? Yeah, something. It's it's that. It's like what I think I'm quite good at is going into a group of people that I don't know. So I'll go to a wedding or an event, and I'll I don't want to stand out. Like I don't wear a top hat and a cape. Like that's the wrong magician. I love to just almost blend in as if I'm someone's guest, and then do my thing to the point where I. I want them to almost want me to stay longer. Like I want them to say, like, can you come around and just have a drink with us? Like that's what I think mm-hmm. my superpower is, is making everyone feel super comfortable and then showing them this magic like that rather than look at me and, and then them trying to figure it out. Like it's just this like weird group thing where I'm almost having, I'm experiencing the magic with them. Yeah. So do I, if I think other people could do it, What's the skill sets that you need? It's kind of like, it's a mixture between like psychology and reading people, like acting. I did a lot of drama. There's like math involved in it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But mostly it's just that like social side. It's picking up on social cues and yeah. And that's something that I, I, my friends have tried and I've wanted them. I've wanted like a really good magic buddy to be able to, to share my events with and stuff. But yeah, it's, Fortunately, harder than I thought it was. So I guess I'm pretty lucky for that sense. I just want to comment. If you're not watching this on YouTube, you also have an amazing shirt on right now with aliens and rainbows. And then because you had the flamingo one before, my husband, Bobby, who you briefly met, he's got a ton of shirts like this and he would love that shirt too. This one is is becoming my favorite. uh, (laughs) My girlfriend's mom got it for me for Christmas. I love it. Way I've described it, it almost has like every emoji on it, just and no no repeats. Yeah. It's just yeah, I love it. 
Okay, can you do a trick with me? I would love to. Do so you have a deck of cards there? Yes, I just got this. It's a new deck. Can you shuffle them up? Shuffle yes. them up. So I'm going to do the, like you're in Austin, I'm in Sydney. This is one of my favorites. So, real quick, touching on this during lockdowns around the world, I thought. I would have been one of the worst kind of in the worst 10, 5% of people that would have going to be impacted by this. Can't really do magic. Can't go to people's houses anymore. Mm-hmm. What am I going to do? And I got very fortunate because I started to do magic on Instagram live as like a bit of a challenge to myself, but also to stay relevant. I thought I want people to remember that I'm still here. Mm-hmm. Don't know how long this lockdown is going to be for. So what I would do, I would do tricks to the camera. And I, okay. I always thought it probably wouldn't really work that well. What happened was I would do them just to the camera. And then one day this the, my friend joined, she just clicked. It said, Lucy wants to join your, Alice wants to join your thing. And I clicked it. And I did a trick like what we're going to do. And it was so okay. much fun. I could see their face. They could see mine. And I just thought this could really work. And then long story short, I started to do Zoom magic shows. And I still do them. I'm doing one in, just after this where... Yeah, you can do magic virtually over the camera and it's so much fun. So I want to show you what that means. So what you, I want you to do to grab like a quarter of the cards and pick them up. Very good. Flip them over. That's pretty good. And that's a huge amount, but we can go from there. <laughs> Just as long as you grab even more the second time. So you're going to reach in, you're going to grab like oh, three-fifths. Yeah, like huge. That? Yeah, that'll do. And flip them all over. I followed you. This looks fun. Okay. And now... Um, you're going to look through and you're going to see all these cards that are face up, mm-hmm. right? I've got heaps that are face up. Put them on the table. We don't need them anymore. Okay. And the very top one, hold it to your chest like that, yeah, and put the rest down. Okay. So you did this. You've, you've shuffled them. You mixed them up. You grabbed. I, I said a quarter. You went, no, nah, three quarters, thanks. And you, I love this. <laughs> and we've got a card each. I want you to count count us in again. All right. Wouldn't Five, it be cool if they're the same? Wouldn't that be good? Three, two, one. <sighs> ah! See, I'm not even recording that. Well, we have this camera. Wait, Bobby, come around here. <laughs> Do you have your phone on there? Do you have your phone? Yes, over here. So to guess a card right, go open up, go to Google and show you this. Okay. Guess a card having the same card is like a one in 52 chance sort of thing, yeah. But I want to up the stakes a bit. Could you go on to Google and okay. search Wikipedia? So, W I K I Wikipedia space article count because we're going to learn, we're going to learn together that there is a lot of articles on Wikipedia. Do you search that? Okay, Wikipedia article count. Yeah, I'm going to do the same with you. And there's a page that tells you, it's called like wikicount.net or something like that. You should be able to find, is that maybe the third or fourth page. It's called how many articles are there on Wikipedia? www.wikicount.net. This is the odds I like to, to explain. So how many, there's like 6.6 million articles and something like that, right? Yeah. Incredible. I love this. And there's another, there's a number at the bottom that says how many words per article. It's like a thousand or something. What's that number? Uh, 2,682 per article. So if you take yes. 2682, 
if you multiply that by 6.6 million, there's about 17, 18 billion words on Wikipedia, okay? Okay. And under there, it says visit Wikipedia. Yes. See that? Yes. Where you get to have, you get to take all the control here. Can you think of something to search on Wikipedia? So click on that, hopefully. Okay. And I want you to search. So there's like a little magnifying glass there? Yes. Can you take a second? It could be a person, place, food, animal, something to search. Not too easy like magic, but also something that you think everyone's heard of. Okay. And let me know when you've... Uh, I'm, I'm searching. Okay. Searching if, if you know me well, you already know what I put in here, but... You think I already know what it is? Don't make it don't make it too easy for me. I want no. I want it to be kind of like impressive if it gets it. Like, do you know what I mean? We don't really know each other too well. So I think I don't think you'll know you'll know this. Okay, okay. Let's double it down then just in case. Scroll somewhere through the article. Okay. And see a word bigger than six or seven letters. Just a, a new word. Just a random word. Don't say it out loud. In the article. In the article. Oh, in the article. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Don't, yeah, yeah, don't yeah, don't mouth it or anything. Oh, you think that I can accidentally read it? Yeah, mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. you write it down. That's fine. So you've got so in your head, you've got two things. You've got a topic and then a, a random word in the mm-hmm. article. Yes. Let's do this. I want to try and guess the topic first. So think of this thing. Like, imagine if it's a person. Imagine you're speaking to them, or if it's a food, or if it's a place. Something you can smile makes you smile. Uh, there's like a there's something. If you think of a letter in the middle of the word, don't say it out loud. Mm-hmm. Is there like an R in the middle? Is there an M as well somewhere in there? Mm-hmm. It's like a pretty big word. It's just one word that you search, isn't it? Mm-hmm. R and M and and then, uh, imagine that you're. Can you hold this thing? Like, is it something? It's not like an act. Yeah, it's something you can hold. Again, you're smiling a lot, which is which is nice. So obviously, it's a positive thing, brings you joy. I don't think it's it's not a um, it's like an object. Ah, uh, maybe, 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 maybe. I'm gonna write this down. This is actually funny. It's a hard word to spell. Is it possibly a pretty tricky word to spell? Yeah. For some, I'm locked in. I'm locked in here. Don't tell me the random word. But what did you search for? Pomeranian. <laughs> that was tough. Did I spell that right? I'm happy with that. Yes, you didn't spell it right. Okay. That was, that was the hardest part. No, no, you also thought of, you read through this article and you thought of a random word in there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's try this out. Will it? Okay. It's probably a word that, hopefully it's not a word like kennel or, or a, Something that it's it's in almost in every article. Is it like that much of a random word? Yeah, it's random. Think of the first letter. Does it start with like an R or an N or something? What's the first letter? What's the first letter? A. And think of a letter in the middle of this word. Is there a T or a T yeah. in there as mm-hmm. well? Mm-hmm. And an N again. Um, could you just say A, B, C, D out loud? A, B, C, D. Perfect. That's what I needed. I think there's a D somewhere in it. Okay. Wow, this word's nearly as long. I'm locked in again. 
What was that random word in the article that you saw? Advantages. Advantages. <laughs> okay. You're a psychic. <laughs> that one, I remember the first time a magician did that to me and it absolutely rocked me. And I spent a silly amount of time trying to replicate it and trying to come up with a way to do it. And then the person who like came up with it very kindly saw me again and could tell that was the thing they could, if a magician, you know, a magician never reveals their secret, but if someone obviously wants to learn because they want to share the magic to people mm-hmm. and they've put effort in, then all of a sudden it's like, all right, I'm happy to teach you. So this, this magician, um, yeah, very kindly filled in the gaps after I'd spent a, a long time trying to do it. It's one of my favorite ones to do, actually. I love that. I love that you're just, you bring joy. You are just a human like everyone else, but you make people laugh and feel good. And I'm going to have you come on Zoom for my company, tone it up and have some fun with our company. That would be so fun. So do you do that for, you do Zoom calls? Yeah, I always make like personalized tricks for companies and for people. Often like in a Zoom call, it's like we were celebrating some achievement. Steve's done something. And I I, I do that when I go to birthdays and events as well. Like I'll create tricks for people yeah. uh, like that involve their face or involve their name and or whatever. And same for companies as well. Like, for example, I might be able to do a trick where I get people to call out numbers and everyone can play along with their own phones like so there's like 100 people on the zoom call everyone's playing along people are just calling out things we're multiplying them we're adding them we're doing whatever everyone gets equals and it's this huge number like 28 million and whatever and i write it down and everyone's got the same number so this is crazy bill if you chose a different number lucy if you'd said this it all mm-hmm. and then i said we're here today because we're celebrating and then like i turn the, the number over and it says like tone it up like the numbers sort of look like letters now. Yeah. Uh, and it's like a fun idea of like making it personalized, that thing. And everyone's like, because everyone gets to play along as well, like how that doesn't make any sense. So, um, yeah, do a lot of virtual shows. And I get to do them. The, the good thing about having this now as a, as a tool is it unlocks me to a, such a wider market of people. Like I would, especially in the midst of lockdown, I was waking up at, Three in the morning to do a show for a group in Germany, or yeah, I kind of didn't. I was like, I'm happy to happy to do shows 24 seven. So yeah, the virtual stuff's been pretty pretty great actually because it's opened a lot of doors for more events. What would yeah. you your last piece of advice to someone who is struggling with their own mental health around the world? What would you say to them right now? From my personal story, this is words you hear all the time, but. I couldn't, I've, I would have heard it that many times as well. And I guess I just didn't listen to it, but you're not alone. Like you're not, you could walk into a room and you think that you're the only person who sees a psychologist or sees this, but there's really almost no chance you are. And I got to the point where I didn't tell my parents or any of my brothers, even when I went out on Australia's Got Talent, I hadn't told my parents who were standing next to me on the stage what I was going to do or like why I was here. They thought I was going to read people's minds and do my normal things. So I was still so sheltered with the experience 
Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't until I started to tell people that things became easier. People started to share their stories. It's mutually beneficial because they they feel better. They feel a weight off their shoulders. You feel a weight off your shoulders. Everybody wins. So it's that you, you're not the only one in the room who's like this. So it's like, it's okay to put your hand up and say you're not okay. And yeah, yeah. please do that. Yeah, it's very important. We're all just here with each other. And the more people that talk about it and support each other and put their hand up and their hand out slowly and by doing your amazing magic tricks, slowly making the world a better place. And I truly believe that. So. Well, I appreciate that. And I obviously the work you guys do is um, the tension you bring to it, the, psych- the psychologists and the doctors and the stories you share. Thank you for everything you're doing in this space as well. Thank you, Magic Mike. Thank you for joining us today and every Wednesday. If you or anyone you know needs help now, text HERO to 741-741 to connect with a crisis counselor. Our crisis text line is private and confidential. If you loved this episode or think a loved one could benefit from listening, please share. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the.big.silence. Head over to thebigsilence.com to sign up for our newsletter to stay in the loop for live events coming up and details on the release of my memoir, The Big Silence. And as always, we'd love a like, subscribe, and leave a review on anywhere the podcast can be found. I love you, and I will see you next Wednesday. One, two, three, sing it. Here's to radical self-love, the type of love that will defeat anxiety, the type of love that defeats depression. This is the one life. This is the moment. This is the time to dig in, to be who you already are. The big silence. Breathe in, breathe out. Breathe in, breathe out. The big silence.